what's up, everything? It's been two weeks since we last spoke, and the NHL has gone headline crazy. We'll cover everything this week before diving into the summer of content next week. You may be thinking to yourself, it's almost fall. How can these idiots still be in summer? But we don't believe in your stupid Gregorian calendar. So let's get started and let's go blues. Sunny. Yesterday my life was filled with rain. Sunny. You smiled at me and really eased the pain. Now the dark days are done. And the bright days are here My sunny one shines so sincere Sunny one so true I love you Sunny Welcome back everyone. Welcome to the Two Guys No Cup podcast. It is Thursday, August 1st, some crazy how. And we are coming to you from our studios. Our... Our sterile and underfunded studios at Sacred Heart Hospital from the hit TV show Scrubs, where the doctors talk to themselves and the patients are mostly characters from Spin City. How are you feeling today at Sacred Heart, Ian? I'm doing well. The hijinks are keeping me in good spirits. (laughs) That's good. Did the guy who that made Scrubs... Was he like... He was the Spin City guy. Oh, he was? Yeah. Okay, thank That you. was the crossover. <laughs> okay. I had to look it up today because I was like not a Spin City guy, mm-hmm. but uh, I was a huge Scrubs guy and remain a huge Scrubs guy, so I had to double check. That was the sound of me opening a Bud Light Gloria brew, which I am drinking because I love the blues in America. Ian is not drinking one because he's a massive busk. <laughs> yeah, I <laughs> and, you know, he am a communist. Tomorrow. Also, I work tomorrow, but I'm irresponsible, so, you know. you know. Most of the time, I'm the one drinking the You know beer. what this tastes exactly like? Bud Light. Bud Light, Light. yeah. Give me, give me a swig. <laughs> give, me, uh, give me an old swigaroo. <laughs> Gonna surprise you, but the music beer listens to when it's being brewed... Apparently doesn't affect it all that much. Feels like maybe a little sweeter. I don't know, like a, a little. Hint, a hint of uh, victory. Victory. Yeah, I was gonna say victory. Is this what victory tastes like? Because if it is, I don't care for a second cup. <laughs> Give it back. We don't want it. They paid us to. Take it. We are back, everybody. It is. It's been two weeks of chaos in the NHL, as we said in the intro. Uh, we have. A summer content plan that we're starting next week, kind of. I mean, mm. this has all been the summer content plan, but it's been a little, you know, you were gone a week, and mm. then there was a huge week of news, so we'll start it on August 8th, like you start all good summer content plans. Much like the Blues offseason is being truncated, our, <laughs> we're, I mean, next week we have something, and then the week after that, I think we're already into divisional previews. Yeah, I think so. We don't have a lot of time. Holy cow. Camp is in, opening night is... Two week, two months from tomorrow. Oh my! <laughs> How do people repeat? I don't know. It baffles me that that particular thing. The fact that the that the Penguins did that in this era is just baffling. To yeah. Me. Why would you even want to? As a fan base, I'd like, just be I get tired. it. I get it. Obviously, you always yeah, want to no, win. Yeah, don't hear me. I'm but, rooting for a second cup. But there's got to be a part of you that's like, no nah, thanks, I'll do it in a year or two. Yeah. <laughs> you know? uh... I mean, frick, can you believe, like, the, the, um, 
80s Oilers won four. And not in a row, I don't think, but I think it was two sets of two. But Mont- I think Montreal and the Islanders, both at obviously separate times, won four in a row. <laughs> at the same, <laughs> at the time, same time. same time, as you do. Um, Montreal, fun, stupid fact. Yeah. Only two people have won the Conn Smythe Trophy. One of them was Glenn Hall, the then St. Louis Blues. I mean, then of the St. Louis Blues, not of the then St. Louis Blues. Uh, only two people have won the Conn Smythe while being swept. Yeah. In the final round of the playoffs, and they were both swept by the Montreal Canadiens. <laughs> I guess the logic was, There's if you were good one. enough, uh, some winger whose name I always forget from the oh, is it Flyers. A long time ago? It was like, it's like some weird name, like Scotty, some weirdly plain name. I'll figure it okay. out. But, um... Yeah, I guess when you're facing a team as dominant as they were for so long... They're just like, oh, you made, like, a, a dent in them. I yeah. guess you won the consummate. <laughs> uh, Reggie Leach. Oh, interesting. He was the only non-goalie also to win the con- to win the consummate while losing the cup. Oh, okay. Cause the, the other, other four were all goalies. Okay. Paul and Jair I guess that and... makes sense, right? Because, like, you have to be, that's a focal point on your team. Mm. Ron Hextall was one of those mm. people. Which is a convenient transition and a totally unintentional one into our first topic. Go me. Oh, don't ever admit <laughs> the unintention. Uh, that everyone that, thought we were well yeah, oiled podcast before now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. We've we've they been we've did. been it pretty well. Yeah. Uh, hard stop. Paul Sinton got a hard stop to his managerial career <laughs> <laughs> when he was. Uh, unceremoniously fired on Tuesday by the Minnesota Wild. He had only been the general manager there for a little over a year after moving over from the Nashville Predators as a David Poyle underling. It's surprising when you hire the underlings of the most overrated general manager in the NHL, you don't get great results. Who knew? Um, no, David Poyle has had that job for a very long time, Mm -hmm. so... Uh, <laughs> yeah, like, exactly. So. Has he been their only GM? Yes. That can't. And be. until that's like, not good. that's not good. I think Laviolette's only their second coach. Yeah, he is. Because Trotz was their only coach until he was fired, mm-hmm. like thirteen years into their tenure or something. How can you? I don't know. How? How did? How did that GM because survive? Until the last that long. two years, there was no fan interest. Oh, like passionate yeah, gotcha. fan interest, at least. Yeah. Do you think people in Nashville were like, "We gotta fire this Predators GM"? I don't think so. That's a good point because I was like, "Man, they were so wishy washy for forever." Yeah. You would think in that whole, I don't know how long they've been around since the late nineties, and that like whole first. I think it was thirteen years when Trotz was let go. Yeah, like, and that's been what four years, three, four years. Now. I'm surprised they didn't just. Put them both out. I don't know. Just it confuses me. But. How do you not like? I think any good organization needs turnover more frequently than that. Mm-hmm. How do you not? I feel I mean, like, he's gotten a one Stanley yeah. Cup final and didn't perform particularly well. I anyway, let's not get on a whole David Boyle sidetrack. It's like we got we places about? to go tonight. Uh, Paul Fenton was fired. He had a, as you titled it, a string of silliness. You're mm-hmm. big on the alliteration. I love it. We're always a fan. Um, he traded Nino Niederreiter to Carolina for Victor Rask. Uh, Rask is cheaper, but didn't produce as well. Niederreiter had been 
cold, but then got something like 17 goals in 34 games with Mm. the Hurricanes after the trade. Uh, So that was a big egg-on-your-face moment. He then traded Mikhail Granlund to Nashville for Kevin Fiala in a trade I certainly didn't understand at the Mm. time. Uh, It was, again, Fiala was cheaper, obviously a player he knew from his time in Nashville, but he struggled to produce, especially since... He got dirt-roaded by the Blues in that one playoff series. <laughs> oh, he broke his leg. And Granlund was a controlled... I mean, he had like at least one more year. I think just one more mm-hmm. year, but at least another year of control. And was like a top point producer? He had 60-something points so like, the season prior. How do you not trade him for more than one okay... That'd be like us like trading Schwartz not after last year, but like after mm. a good year for like a young Artem Anisimov or something. Yeah, just <laughs> like, like okay. okay. It would be like us trading TJ Oshie for like, I don't know, like Troy Brown. Bro, yeah, <laughs> like, okay. That's a that was a trade to make, I suppose. At very least Kevin Fiala's younger, but it's still mm-hmm. one of those like he's struggling. He's not young enough to be this like up and down mm-hmm. of a player. I think he'll be fine, but like he's not a, a return for Mikhail Granlin. That was kind of a like the trade is one for one moment. You know, where it's <laughs> yeah. like you're like Mikhail Granlin for Kevin Fiala, right? And and a first and a third, or mm-hmm. what? What's the story? Oh, I mean, oh, just Kevin Fiala. I completely okay. agree because when I looked that up today, uh-huh. I was like, this trade was. I was like, for real? <laughs> I like just one for one. Oh boy. Uh, he went on to trade Charlie Coyle to Boston for Ryan Donato in a fifth round pick. I didn't Ooh, think this was too bad. Not one for one. Yeah, exactly. Get, get, <laughs> get that fifth round. Hey, like, that could become your. Uh, your uh, uh, Dakota Joshua, as we're about to mm. talk about. So, you know, he could become your AHL stripper of the month. <laughs> uh, this was, I thought, like a, a relatively better trade. Donato looked uh, good for the Bruins in his first year, struggled last season. Coyle obviously returned home and looked really good during the playoffs. He did not win a Stanley Cup. Mm-hmm. Grandma was disappointed. Um, <laughs> but Yet again. she always is when it comes to charlie um but i mean i i really thought the the most embarrassing moment of paul fenton's potential gm-ership was when he tried to trade jason zucker 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 i can never remember i think i hear zucker more often and stuff yeah for phil kessel and jack johnson I believe mm-hmm. was part of this deal. And the only thing that prevented it, because obviously from the Penguins' perspective, was that Kessel put the kibosh on the trade because Minnesota sucks too bad. Uh, like you said here, you want to make the point you made. Oh, yeah. I mean, Minnesota fans should be thanking Kessel because that would be an off. Like, yeah. it's just stupid. Like, I get that he's going to be more offensive power for you. But again, like. It doesn't make was, any sense. That was before the signing, free agency, right? Yeah, so this is before the Matt Zuccarello yeah. signing. So hopefully that would have prevented the Zuccarello That's signing. true, but the, they're in the but same vein. But they're comparable players, yeah. so Because, not... yeah, they signed Matt Zuccarello, who's 32 I years mean, Ke- old, to a five-year deal, $30 million. Kessel's a very good player. Mm-hmm. And there, but there's a reason he wears his welcome hat everywhere he goes. That's well, that's precisely it. It's like he's not from a numbers perspective. I can see someone go, no, that's really good. We want that scoring. And mm-hmm. it's like 
Yeah, but he's also old. He's older. He's kind of fast, but like he's older, doesn't really fit well on teams. Which yeah, he doesn't strike me NHL. as the Dougie Hamilton where I'm like, is he really an asshole, or are people just saying this to trade yeah. him? It's more like with Phil Kessel, you know. I think like, he just, you is. just know. Yeah. Um. So that got blocked, but yeah. then he's continued to like on again, off again, try to trade Jason Zucker, who is, mm-hmm. I would say, unquestionably their best, at least forward. In terms of, like, any sort of youth and consistent production. he was already, like, a pretty good player for them. He had 30 tucks last year. Didn't need to use the... Oh, God. Do not. It's starting... How many apples did he have? (laughs) Tucks and apples. (laughs) Jesus. We just tuck an apple away. Keep the doctor. Keep the goalie away. I hate Canada. (laughs) Um... Yeah, he had 21 last year, which isn't great, but he had 33 the year before that and 22 the year before that, so that's three straight with 20-plus. So he was already... He was a plus 34 three years ago, led the league. He was already their best player, and then they went and stripped away players that were at least close and comparable to him, so now he's, like, by far yeah, their best player. I would say. I mean, I, Zuccarello might be as good this year. Yeah. And Parise is pretty up and down. But yeah, I mean, it's just... Yeah, I'll make... My point is just like, if you look at the Wild and you look at their team right now and you've got Eric Stahl, you've got Zach Parise, you've got Ryan Suter, who's good but aging and has no help back there aside from... Uh, Dumba. Dumba, and who's the other one? They still Spurgeon. But they need. But he's not tall. Well, I yeah, guess that's not a concern. Oh yeah, anymore. you don't. We don't care about tallness or lizards anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think it was the lizard thing? The lizard We're gonna comment. read a quote here in a minute where he says it wasn't any one thing. But do you think it was, it was the, the lizard, lizard? Go thing? Go ahead, read the quote. Uh, Paul or Jordan? Jordan? No, no, not Jordan. No. What Leopold? Craig Leopold? Their own. <laughs> But Jordan Leopold probably as well. He is also sympathetic with this. Uh, Said, after giving much thought to this difficult decision, I informed Paul today that he was not the right fit for our organization going forward. Uh, Leopold said in a release from the team, I believe we have a good hockey team. You are incorrect. (laughs) A team that will compete for a playoff spot this year. You're very wrong. And I look forward to hiring a general manager that will help us win a Stanley Cup. You'd better hire very well or very long term i would like to thank paul for his time with the wild and wish him and his family the best in the future the reason for the termination he would continue is not any one big issue it was over time smaller issues were building up it was not a good fit i missed it and this is on me so after burying paul fenton for like three paragraphs Mm -hmm. he then took the blame on himself and then he promptly looked to hire peter shirelli so who do we really think's the problem here? Did he really the, hire him? He's interviewing him. He's one of the two being interviewed, Ron Hextall and Peter Shirelli. Now, one of those is maybe a fine choice. I was like... Ron Hextall, I think, got unjustly fired in Philly, and we've seen how his replacement has done. Run to Ron Hextall. Yes, exactly. Jesus, those are your two options. Run to Dagobah. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh... I mean, Craig Leopold's a hack. That organization, this is a preview of what we're covering next week. Mm. Because next week we are going to do the inaugural. I will say inaugural because maybe we'll do it in the future. Who knows? Either way, this is the first one. (laughs) Uh, Inaugural 
THW. We're not, we're not THW. We are not affiliated with the hockey writers, except oh, I mean, half of us I mean, are. We kind of are. <laughs> I read um, them. The two guys, one cup, misery index. And we will talk about basically the standings of teams in terms of overall the health of the franchise, mm-hmm. basically, and how much we would as, in this case at least, the defending Stanley Cup champions want to, if we had to, switch <laughs> places with any of them. And I'll, I'll, spoiler alert, Minnesota Wild real friggin' near the bottom for me. Yeah. Their owner clearly is up his own ass, as most NHL owners are. That's not that much of a differentiating factor. They have as old a roster as anyone in this league, I think literally. I think literally they had the oldest roster. They're not good. Devin Dubnik is fine, but he's no longer like dooby 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 yeah, fine. The, the magic is worn off. And there's I mean they don't have a route to the playoffs. But they'll, on top of com- that, their best compete, prospect compete. I I'm not sure they will in the division this year. I think I think by compete He'll, what he means is, it's yes, like they're competing. Plus points. But to me, I hear competing. Oh, yes, when the season starts, every team competes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. We're all kicking um, tires on Sydney Cross. Yeah, <laughs> indeed. And their best prospect, if you were going to do a prospect pyramid for them, other than mm. the guy they just drafted, who I think is Matthew Boldy, not Matthew Italics, mm. but Matthew Boldy. Um, their best prospect is mired in the KHL for, I think, two more seasons. Oh, yeah. They're just in miserable, miserable circumstances. And I don't think Ron Hextall, and I know Peter Shirelli, isn't going to fix it. Mm-hmm. I, honest to God, think if I'm Ron Hextall, you, this is your second interview. you got to know a lot of teams are going to look to you as the next guy. I think I say nothing. Because there will be other openings, and they'll be better than this one. This is this team's gonna be a lot of work to fix. The Blackhawks, if the Blackhawks were to fire Stan Bowman right now, I don't think the Blackhawks are in a great spot. I would take the Blackhawks ten times before I took Minnesota once. Mm-hmm. That team is a disaster, and we'll talk about that more next week. <laughs> uh, you have anything else to say about Fenton before we move on? I mean, I don't think he got a particularly fair shake. He inherited yeah. a crap situation. But he didn't really... Bruce Boudreaux's still there through all this, really by the way. Do, I mean, he also, did a lot, but he didn't really do anything to help the didn't team. Didn't Bruce Boudreaux at the end of the season publicly say something to the extent of, like, basically said, when you talk to the new guy next season, they're like, oh, yeah, after I'm gone or whatever, and it's like, he's still there. And, like, fine, because if you've got a crap roster like this, get the guy that makes consistent, you know, consistently makes crap into, like, less crap. Mm -hmm. He polishes a turd better than anyone. But then he takes the turd nowhere in the playoffs because it's a turd. Um, And he's a turd. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But he's also the guy on the poison sticker. Uh, Mr. Yuck. (laughs) Indeed. Let's move on to some Blues headlines, shall we? This is going way back. Uh, to some things that we failed to cover on last episode and then uh, some of the new news that came out uh, after we finished recording. The Blues traded future considerations for Dakota Joshua, a six foot two inch tall, 198 pound male stripper from Ohio <laughs> State University. That name, man, that just, I mean, I feel like that's a stripper name. 
I've never been a male stripper that you guys know about. But was your name Dakota Joshua? It was for, le- what, for legal reasons I can't tell you, but it was surprisingly close to that. That yeah. just rhymes. Uh, <laughs> Rakota Rashua. <laughs> Rakota Oshawa from the Oshawa Generals. Uh, he was not an Oshawa General. He was an Ohio State Buckeye. Uh, he had 100 points, 41 goals in that time, and 128 games. In the notes, uh, you wrote 41 tucks. I sure did. 41 Friar tucks. It's a great store that does not sponsor us. No free ads to borrow another phrase from Spittin' Chicklets. We are Spittin' Chicklets minor now. Mm-hmm. Um... He helped win the Big Ten Championship last season. He's a big, useful forward depth. Uh, The Leafs were obviously worried about not signing him. I don't think the Blues have yet, have they? Something I know. Or did they do it as like one, either that or they just did it in the moment. Right away. Yeah, I haven't heard anything individually. Is he like an Eric Foley replacement in terms of being a lot? In what way, Stephen? In terms of being a healthy, large, skilled forward. I haven't seen a picture of Dakota Joshua, so I cannot comment uh, he on w- any other characteristics, no, Stephen. exactly, nor could I. <laughs> nor could anyone. There are no other similarities with Eric Foley that anyone knows about. Um, yeah, I feel bad for Eric Foley, just because I don't know if he's going to get a real shake after his health issues and the concussions. I hope he does. I think he has some skill. Yeah, no, I think he does. Um... When was Dakota Joshua drafted, did you say? Fifth round? Fourteen. Okay. I, I don't know. It's I'm, just a depth ad. I mean, I'm yeah. sure we just literally, it's one of those things where you look and you go, we have a hole and we don't really, like, we have a hole for a body. Can we have that guy? We had some. We had one scout go, I remember looking at Dakota Joshua in 2014. You know, yeah. Okay, Craig, we'll go get him. Yeah. It's like, thanks. Yes. <laughs> Got it. It's like no, you didn't draft any wa- of my boys this year, so you're gonna give me a you gotta give me a freebie. I know your wife just left. Yes. So, <laughs> so, all right, know. we'll give it to you. <laughs> you not, need, this guy needs not to like win. she gave it to Brendan Shanahan, but you know, uh, pretty close. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I don't expect anything to come of it, but hopefully, he's decent. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe like a depth, maybe like this year's, last year's. Sammy, Sammy play, <laughs> but less impact. Get your pen and paper out. Uh, <laughs> time to chart. And we got to talk about chart. Pepe. Um, Oscar Sunquist signed a contract, a large contract, mm. relatively. I think I think everybody was a little surprised. We weren't totally. We talked about this possibility, mm. but it ended up being for four years, eleven million total, or two point seven five per season. Obviously, he had a breakout season last year. He won four of his. The team won four of his first six games when he was back in the lineup, when they were truly terrible after mm-hmm. the Wilson incident. Just kind of an indication of how he made an immediate impact, even though that wasn't he wasn't like Oscar Sundquist yet. Um, <laughs> he was but last year's he Oscar beca- Sundquist. Yes, indeed, he was. He became a fifteen-plus minute every night kind of a guy. Through by the end of the season, he had. 14 goals, 17 assists, 31 points in 74 games, and was, I would say, our top penalty killer, as evidenced Mm -hmm. by the fact that when he got suspended for Game 3 of the Stanley Cup Final, the Bruins scored four power play goals on four power play shots on four power play opportunities (laughs) with him out of the lineup. So, not great. No coincidence. Uh, I would say that's a little too strong to be a coincidence. (laughs) Um... 
He also has a big supporter in a fellow named Sidney Crosby who told Joe Vitale, the Blues broadcaster and former Penguin, Joe, we never should have gotten rid of this kid. Whoa. This kid is unbelievable. Wait until you see what this kid can do. What a I, kid. I didn't feel like doing a Sidney Crosby impression, which, as I've said before, is really just an impression of Greg Wyshynski impersonating Sidney Crosby because I don't know what Sidney Crosby <laughs> sounds like. Just Canadian. Um, but, yeah, exactly. Uh yeah, so, I mean, Crosby obviously loves him. He had four goals, five assists, and was a plus five in 25 playoff games. Obviously had that suspension for one game. something. Who did he hit? Uh, Coyle? No. Mm-mm. Krug? No. Heinen? No. Somebody. Fuck. Johansson? Was his the one on Johansson? Maybe. Was or there was, another one on Johansson? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> We won the cup. I don't give a shit. <laughs> Take that, Bruins. That's right. Worst case scenario here strikes me as like, I don't think he turns back into a pumpkin pumpkin. Mm. So like worst case, you've given a four year, $2.75 million contract to like a Jay McClement, mm-hmm. who's like a utility penalty killer fourth liner, but just isn't good enough to be more than that. Is your traditional... Third, fourth yeah. line guy. The one you think of when you think of just a regular old team. Who's your third, fourth line guy? Ah, it's just some guys, yeah. you know, that, that have their role on the PK. Right, and that's an overpay. Yeah, But sure. I don't think you're ever going to be like, the Sunquist contract is oh, killing yeah. this team, you know? Not, yeah. Um, but uh, I think the best case scenario is he even continues to improve a little bit and becomes mm-hmm. like a... 40 to 50-ish point player in your middle six who is a top penalty killer. And, you know, I mean, I don't think he's going to skyrocket and be some incredible player, but I think this is the kind of contract that you could be looking at in year two or three and being like, oh, this is like highway robbery that we're paying this guy this little. Mm -hmm. Um, What do you think? Yeah, I was surprised by the four mm-hmm. years. I think the for four sure. years more than actually the 2.75. I can't remember what our prediction was for him. But I did definitely, I think we both said just a skosh over $2 million. Mm-hmm. Seemed about right. And then with the Samford signings and things like that, it seemed like two years is probably going to be a max for somebody. But I think Sunquist in just this little amount of time, granted he played 40, 50-plus games uh the year before last with us, so it's not like we didn't know, we didn't see him on the ice or anything. Mm-hmm. But in the time he had this season, I think he's proven more than Samford or even Barbashev, like, who he is. And I think that's demonstrated by, like, you and I and probably other fans, like, just feeling confident in him mm-hmm. already. So I can yeah. only imagine that means the organization feels even more so or knows even more about who he is as a player. And so I think, yeah, they felt real confident giving him four years plus he kind of feels like you're saying like almost the the Berglund role mm-hmm. that we used to have and I mean for as much as people hated Berglund here just we're like oh you know he's never gonna be our Peter Forsberg or whatever he was promised when he first came in he was still like a relatively good like um possession player the military doesn't like you shitting on Patrick <laughs> what'd you say about Patrick Berglund <laughs> you better hush up um but yeah like I think if he just turned out to even just be Patrick Berglund for us, this would be a good, a it's pretty fine. decent deal. You got to remember, folks, the cap keeps going up. It yeah. didn't this year, which probably means it will more next year. If he's hitting, there's going to be a lockout one of these seasons, so that will knock out one of the deals. Is he? If he's even hitting 
30 points, you know, in the 30 oh, to 40 point range and consistently. And penalties like yeah, this, it's this a steal. Yeah, fine. Yeah. Totally fine. I mean, remember, he missed, what, seven games this year? Mm-hmm. So he probably would have pushed 35. Five, yeah. He's closer like 35 to 35, which is more than 30, you mm-hmm. know? I mean, that's... I, I don't see a lot of chance that this looks even kind of bad. Yeah, well, like you we I used to say. I think the term thing sort of spooks people because, mm-hmm. because Armstrong has a track record, but particularly oh, yeah. with the Berglund and now the Steen, and I would say the the queerest comparison in this case is the Laterra, where it's mm, like one good oh, year, yeah. and it's like, boom, extension. But didn't we give Laterra an extension when he already had... A like year another left year. on his yeah. deal, so wasn't it like we gave him a two-year deal and then we extended in the first summer? Yeah, yeah, it was like and after so it became one, like a four-year deal, but like we extended him with time still left on his yeah, first contract. So I don't, I just don't see that because the Latero was a guy who was held aloft by Tarasenko. Well, it's like we've watched it with our own eyes. Like he was a good player, a good like mm-hmm. assist maker, but yeah, he wasn't doing anything beyond that. And you could almost say that Sunquest, while maybe not quite as big an offensive mm-hmm. player, even though I don't want to say Latero is amazing, but anyways, um, just has so many more things to contribute to yeah. this team. And when you need pizza, you go to front of Pizza Hut and score goals, but when you are thirsty, drink Sunny D, so pay Oscar Sunquest. <laughs> That's the legendary Great. sort of paraphrase of your Laterra. Son of Paralatera. Uh, that is true. Oh, God, how we miss Paralatera. Uh, Mark Savard, uh, erstwhile of the we signed Boston him. Bruins. We in conquered him. This is like in a video game where you beat somebody and then get to, like, seal a member of their party. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> that's what we did. We, like, we <laughs> beat the Boston Bruins, and it's like, we'll take... And they're like, fuck David Pasternak's a goner. And they're like, Mark Savard! Oh, I thought you were they're crouching in the corner, crossing their fingers, going, please, David Backus, please, David Backus, please pick David Backus. <laughs> That's also true. Um, but, yeah, I, lo- I love this signing. So I mm. thought Mark Savard was, like, a fine player. Yeah. This guy was a monster for a period. I was like, he kind of took off later. Right? Yeah, he wasn't, like, right out of the gate hot, but this dude had two 85-point seasons back to back, followed by a cancel season because the NHL. Thanks. Followed by a 100 point season. No stoppage of play is going to slow him down. <laughs> followed by a trade to Boston or a signing with Boston. I don't remember. Followed by a 96 point season. Mm-hmm. That dude was like on pace to like fringe Hall of Fame, mm-hmm. especially since the Bruins, and you know, he's on a cup, uh, not as we'll cover in a moment, not entirely by his doing, but he is on a cup. The mm-hmm. Bruins would have won a cup with him on the roster. Um, then Matt Cook happened, one of the worst hits in the history of the NHL. Uh, an elbow blindside to the temple that effectively ended his career. And also started the NHL discussion on taking headshots more seriously. Mm. So... Good came of it, not a ton of comfort to Mark Savard. Uh, He wrote a Players' Tribune article, which I strongly recommend any of you read if you're, you know, interested in CT or the concussion policy or just want to know more about this coach. It's very raw and honest, but it shows you a lot about what he's been through and 
you know, kind of the things he knows that he can communicate to players. Mm-hmm. Um, then he became a YouTuber, mm-hmm. as your coaches often yeah. do. You know, um, that's their only recourse. <laughs> he made a lot of videos about, like, stick taping. He's like a stick tape fiend. Did you ever... We've listened to whatever it was. Was it Dangle? Was he on Dangle one yeah, time? Yeah, I need they, to go back and re-listen to that. But. To skewer Boston more, they talked mm-hmm. about David Pasternak having, like, the worst stick tape mm-hmm. job ever. Like, mm-hmm. he literally probably just, like, goes, ah, and it's just, like, good enough. <laughs> and it looks like a child did it. Anyways. I taped a baseball bat recently for the first time. Very difficult. Mm. And I followed the instructions very <laughs> carefully. But And it looks fine, I think, but... Still, we'll DM Mark Savard. Not recommend. We'll yeah, see what he we'll thinks. have him. We'll have him tape it up for me again. But yeah, he became a YouTuber, and it's kind of a good like. You can see a lot of his knowledge of the game and understanding of equipment and stuff. Uh, this guy had two hundred ninety-two of his seven hundred and six career points on the power play. He says uh, he said to Jeremy Rutherford, "I was a power play guy in my playing career, and me and Craig have had many many discussions when he took over the Blues." I've been able to watch the game a lot, and I've picked up a lot of stuff on a lot of the power plays. What works and what doesn't. Uh, guy Craig Berube knows really well. Seems mm-hmm. to really be excited about hiring. Um, sounds like this has maybe been in the works for a while. Uh, you know, I mean, the the only drawback, if there is one, is that this is still a very inexperienced coaching staff, mm-hmm. but that's less of a concern with Bruby at the helm than it was when Yo was at the helm. Um, so it doesn't bother me much, you know. Yeah. But um, I love this hire, and he specifically talked about his you know desire and belief that he can make Tarasenko even better. So, not that- oh yeah, he was super happy to have like that weapon. Mm-hmm. I'll be interested to see what he does because God knows we were just non-creative yeah. on that power play. I mean, that's what he is. He's very clearly a power play coach, and we desperately need one. Do so. you think he's going to be on the bench? Do you think they move yeah. Ott back up to No, upstairs? they don't need to. They never replace Berube behind the bench. Oh, but didn't they? Or they're only two behind the bench. Yeah, we only had the... We, I think we normally only have two. Maybe. Yeah, then I guess maybe he's upstairs. Because Ott, was, Ott wasn't downstairs until Berube got put, yeah, you're right, moved you're right, in. Yeah, you're right, right. They'll throw Ott back up there. Get your ugly mug. That's interesting. I don't know. Who's the... I mean, Van Ryn needs they, to be yeah, there because he's, he's the defensive pairing guy. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Look, I'm Can glad. you not have three back there? Maybe you can. And no offense to Steve Ott, but I don't know what you're doing. I don't know I don't know what your role is. <laughs> what, do you, what is it exactly Face-off specialist. that you do here? Face-off specialist. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah, we've... I would say Savard seems more likely to be on yeah, the bench if just he's to be able to draw be, stuff up. If he's going to be an in-game strategist, you know, an offensive I would, strategist, I would write on that whiteboard, <laughs> yell it down from the booth. <laughs> no, no, a triangle, not a square, not oh, a square. God. Oh God! They've gone There's Kerry for... Fraser. We're doomed. <laughs> well, they've gone for the diamond <laughs> formation. Um, I want him to write on his whiteboard when they all circle up for the power play. Ooh, we'll get to use our whiteboard yeah. during the summer of content. Oh, oh, <laughs> the summer content plan, or whatever I called it, mm-hmm. forty minutes ago. But uh, he needs to write off and like no dusting off the puck. <laughs> just, just some other BS. Just on a just things that piss us when crowd says shoot. 
you shoot. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God, can you imagine? He goes, listen to the crowd. <laughs> that guy way up in 309, he knows what the fuck he's talking about. Can see whole ice, you moron. <laughs> <laughs> no. that, is that, that's what, that's what, uh, his contribution is going to be is him just yelling from the bench, shoot! <laughs> Thanks, we need Mark. a shoot guy. Um, but yeah, I, uh, <laughs> sorry, I got distracted by someone dressing someone down on a Slack channel. Not me, so I'm fine, but always awkward. Uh, yeah, I've, I'm in love with this hire. Very good. Very wonderful. We needed a PowerPoint guy. Good He's job, great. Army. I'm excited. Summer of Army. Speaking of the Summer of Army, and speaking of small tinkering moves involving former Toronto Maple Leafs, not Mark Savard, but Dakota Joshua, um, Jordan Schmaltz, finally not a blue any longer. I would say pretty, pretty arguably the biggest draft bust of the Doug Armstrong era. I would say his, his only first round pick that became like nothing. Yeah. He had a couple of second rounders that became even less nothing. I always get him and Tommy Vanelli mixed up. Yeah. But Vanelli was the second. Vanelli was the second, though. I think you're he right. He had a couple of seconds that became even less of nothing than yeah. Schmaltz was, but they're second. Because so. in 2012, we traded the first for Bowmeister. Hmm. Yeah, okay. Yep. yep. Uh, so I weirdly feel like this is a good trade for the boys. Uh, the right for left doesn't make sense. It never when does. When all we have is lefties. <laughs> But I think you get rid of your draft bust and just kind of give him a change of scenery. Yeah. He'll have an, you know, a very relaxed, <laughs> low-stress environment playing for the Toronto Marlies and or Maple Leafs. Oh, God, Mike Babcock will eat Jordan Schmaltz alive. <laughs> what are you? I don't know. I'm like 26, and I've, never, I've played like 10 NHL games. and I'm fine. <laughs> you not uh, hear you, <laughs> um, But I think Borgman weirdly has a more obvious path to play. Steve Dangle said, Borgman's got a superhero body. Oh, yes, oh, he, he does. does. Mm, Man rocket. Probably switch to professional wrestling if he wanted. I don't know why he would. This pays very much more money. Uh, he can hit and skate. Plenty of raw tools to like. Guy just can't avoid injuries. Bumdy didn't work out here. He was a good bet coming out of Sweden. Take care of him, St. Louis. Well, if Andreas Borgman works out as well as the last defenseman we got from Toronto mm. who can't avoid injuries and is Swedish <laughs> and left-handed, oh, it'll... He'll be scoring the game winner in overtime of the Stanley Cup final in a few years. So does that so. mean Jordan Schmaltz is Roman Polak? Roman Polak in this scenario, yes. The only difference being that they didn't somehow have to add to the deal to get Roman Polak. No offense to Jordan Schmaltz, even though this will be offensive, but I feel worse for Roman Polak in this comparison. <laughs> I mean, Roman Polak's NHL should. defenseman. He's got like, probably, like, what, 500 NHL games? Probably more than that. Yeah. He's been around for forever. Just guess. Um, I probably wouldn't. I probably stretched like, it too much with a haul. But um, like six fifty. Seven sixty five. Wow. And is he on a team this year? I feel like he did get another contract somewhere. Probably. He's old. He he's not. How old do you think Roman Paul <laughs> like is? A, um. <laughs> um, is he 
31? He's 33. Oh, okay. I was like, he's got to be 35 or 6 by now, though. But I was incorrect. I'm, I probably would have been, I probably would have guessed what you thought. thought yeah. If I hadn't, like, tipped you off yeah, in the exactly. wrong direction. Yeah, that's what I was going um, for. Uh, Andreas Borgman weirdly has more NHL experience than Jordan Schmaltz, despite being most of two years younger. He had three goals and eight assists in 48 NHL games, which were all the season before last, his first season in North America. I like this trade. Mm-hmm. Does bringing in another lefty mean Joel Edmondson is gone? I mean, it doesn't. It's. And I think it's insurance for sure. I mean, how, it has to be. Explain to me at this point how Joel Edmondson, how keeping Joel Edmondson would make sense. And this isn't. Listen, Joel Edmondson is a fine NHL defenseman. This isn't like crap on Joel Edmondson time. I like Joel Edmondson. I've got his autograph right over there. And it's very nice. It's a very pretty autograph. Folks, you point in a direction, but I don't <laughs> see it. It's in the green box oh. with all the other boys cards at the moment. That thing? Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, Folks, I pointed to what he was pointing to. <laughs> we've, we've, we've agreed, agreed on the object. But, yeah, I mean, JR is hinting in the direction of a Joel Edmondson trade mm-hmm. by saying by saying that a Joel Edmondson trade might happen and then asking Joel Edmondson, hey, have you heard all these trade rumors? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. That's uh, a just being, have you heard how great I am? Yeah, like, exactly. Uh, uh, yeah. You heard yeah. about my rumors? Um, <laughs> but... Yeah, I mean, he's guaranteed to make three million plus. Yeah, the Blues do not have three million plus. They shaved some of that possibly by trading Schmaltz, but not really because he was making mm-hmm. league men. I think they still just signed Barbashev, who they, doesn't who doesn't have arbitration rights. Yeah, he'll be a one point fiver. Yeah. I was just thinking that today. I was like, he'll make more than play. But the thing is, like, do we want to be right up against the cap? No, 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 no. I mean, I agree with that. I wouldn't want to be. For I just don't like. Even beyond you can, you can if you are you are entering the season assuming Bo Meester, Gunnarsson, and Dunn when healthy mm-hmm. are your at least like sixty games of those guys. What a young your trio. sandwich! Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, Bo Meester, very old. Dunn, very young. Gunnarsson, old, um, <laughs> but old and Swedish. So therefore, very handsome. Except not really. He's got the he's got the awkward sweet thing going. But anyway, um, yeah, I just I don't see it. I don't. It doesn't make sense. I still I've talked about this before, but I feel like there is a, a more than usual amount of activity left to happen in this off season because mm-hmm. there are so many big ticket free agents still out there. Um, or restricted free agents, mm-hmm. not to mention Jake Gardner, weirdly, and Patrick Maroon, and a couple other yeah, like, these UFAs somewhat just guys sitting out there. Um, and the Jake Gardner one baffles me, man. I maybe his shoulder is worse than people think it is, but I mean, other than just waiting to try and get back in Toronto, which I don't see how that's possible. I don't know why he hasn't signed. But moving on from that, I just think somebody will get their restricted free agents signed and say, yeah, I'll give you a second for Joel Edmondson or whatever the case might be. And what's What's the deal if it's like, if he has the arbiter, the judge decides that he's worth 
3.5 million or more, the Blues can like legally just say no thank you. I guess they can, yeah. I mean, then and then, then he'd become unrestricted. Yeah, 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 I gotcha. Which I would I think there's trade value for him. There's got to be some. But if like the I what I wonder is all the But like, I guess if the value is just too high. If they say 3.5 or it's, you know, 3.5 or more, do the Blues get like like how much time do they get before they have to sign <laughs> him like to that? Like at the table, like. Uh, do you know uh, what I mean? Yeah, I don't know. Do you get like a week to be like, do we want to sign that or do we want to let him walk? I feel like they. When is it? It's like tomorrow, it's isn't Sunday. it? Sunday. Sunday is when they're gonna have his. Yeah, hearing. Yeah, I just don't. I don't know. I don't know how that goes. I would think, at three point five, you could trade him. Mm-hmm. Three point five and controlled. I mean, Cody Cece got traded. Joel Edmondson can get traded. Yeah. But I'm not saying there's a ton of value out there for him. I just don't see how it makes sense to pay essentially a seventh defenseman $3.5 million unless you're planning to have him be like a Mm lefty-lefty with one of those guys, which I guess they've done at times, but like... No thanks. (laughs) It's it's just paying too much money for something you don't have Yeah, it's just a luxury. But... You can't afford luxuries in a salary cap unless you're Tampa Bay. So, yeah, I just don't get it. Um, We'll see. I think we'll know a lot more next week when we know how much he's paid. Of course, trading Joel Edmondson would queer the way for the Blues to sign the recently bought out Kevin Shattenkirk. We need righties now. Boy, do we need righties. hey Oh, oh how badly we need right-handed defensemen, Ian. The Not New York bad. Rangers bought out the final two seasons of Kevin Shattenkirk's contract. Only two. Bringing a tragic... Yeah, he only signed a four-year deal. That's right. It was like, it was four for what, six something? It was the weird one where, yeah, he didn't get like four his big six, ticket. Six, five. Huh. Uh... Which is a good number, but yeah, it definitely not, didn't not end up being the seven for seven or whatever we thought. Uh, good, so they good job, Rangers, s- on all fronts. They save one point four this year. Wait, they uh, no, they lose. They have to cap hit of one point four this year. The real bad year is next year. They'll have a six million dollar cap hit for a player they aren't paying, and. Um, then they'll have 1.4 again for the remaining two years. Rough year last year. Didn't hit 30 points in 74 games. He got healthy scratched. Brutal ending to his time in New York where he dreamed his whole life of playing. Mm. Really unfortunate. I like Kevin Shattenkirk. We all like Kevin Shattenkirk fine. You like Kevin Shattenkirk. Mm. Uh, he's shaved the head now, which... I have a jersey. Decision long overdue, mm-hmm. Kevin. I know we all like to play make believe sometimes, but <laughs> it was not that. What do I have? It. <laughs> My Kevin Shanker jersey was a Brad Boys jersey <laughs> that I got the nameplate changed on. It's an old third Can jersey. Can you just keep it until we get the next twenty two and do it again? <laughs> I'll just be like tear this until one we bring Shattenkirk back. Um, but yeah, so now there is this movement. <laughs> Can we call it a movement? Sure, why not? <laughs> just, just right out there on par with women's suffrage. I, th- um, I think it's more akin to a bowel movement. <laughs> <laughs> Amongst a segment of blues fans to bring Kevin Shattenkirk back? Mm-hmm. 
I mean, I don't know why, but... Luke Korak also said today that he wouldn't rule it out or something like that, which, I don't know. Yeah, I it's not Jeremy Rutherford I wouldn't saying. rule out winning a Lamborghini tomorrow, <laughs> but... I just, I just don't see the logic in this at all. I want him to go somewhere and get a chance. Yeah. Why you would use one of your rosters. But, like, if he gets to the point where it's, like, a PTO situation, sure, I don't care. Mm-hmm. PTO him. We, I mean, Robert Vortuzo is our third best righty defenseman right now. So, like, that's an area where we could improve. I'm not denying that. But is Kevin Shattenkirk an improvement? I feel like this is the weird, this is the weird heart before the head thing. And then people are trying to back into the head thing. Like, oh, that'd be cool if he came back. Like, because we don't, we just won a cup. So we don't really need mm-hmm. to be amazing. So that'd be a fun little story if he came back and people go, okay, yeah. And someone would say, that's stupid. We don't need that, logically speaking. But, like, but then they'll go, oh, but actually, you know, he wouldn't cost that much. And you can put him on the third pairing. And he could be on your power play. And he, can make, he, would make your, I've, he would make your power play better. That's sure. 100%. But, like, maybe I'm in some other weird mind somewhere. Like, just move on. It happened. You don't need also, him Also, like, we're Stanley Cup champions now. We don't need to keep doing that. Oh, but it was so yeah, cool exactly. when Kevin Shattenkirk was here. Like, that's a little bit of a... I like. I don't want to say here, a loser but... mentality, like, mm-hmm. beat up on people. I love St. Louis. I love happy reunions. But it's kind of the same thing of the people who are like, yeah, I'd absolutely bring David Backus back. It's like, yeah, do you mind? Like, he chose to leave. Mm-hmm. He's on an awful contract. You don't want any part of that. Just because you have happy feelings. It's, That's what I mean. I think it's, it's blues tinted glasses similar there. to the Pat Maroon thing. It's that Pat Maroon at least helped you win a cup. Mm. And you'd control how much you paid him. I mean, I guess you would with Shattenkirk too. But it's just, I just don't get it, really. And mm. like, even what's the best case scenario? He comes back and has a monster season for you and then walks for free because you're not paying a third pairing right-handed defenseman a lot of money mm. over the next year. And you're... And you're burying or, him on the third line. Yeah. You're on the third pairing. because oh, yeah. like He's not getting playing time over Pareko remember or Remember, folks, for as great a power play specialist as he was... As gr- and he was always awful defensively. Yeah. And also, like... We need his uh, shootout skills back in the lineup. Aren't you kind of cluttering it up for Vince Dunn? Yes. Different side. But, I like... Don't, my, I, I don't... We have a better Kevin Shattenkirk and Vince Dunn. And I don't. And Craig Berube already isn't playing him. Enough. Yeah, and I don't think it's our defensive, like the literal uh, people in on our defensive core on our blue line that are like the power play problem. I don't think it's like Alex Petrangelo is bad at the power play. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Cole I don't. Break it's was not, bad at the power play. I think it's our system. It's and not our a scheme. personnel issue. Yeah, exactly. We wouldn't Thank have you. the dominant power play in the league with this personnel. Hmm. We could be top 10. We were top 10 most of last season. We could be top 5, I feel like, with the personnel we have. Especially if you use Dunn more than Petrangelo and Pareko actually starts shooting the puck. Mm-hmm. Our power play is boring yeah, and it's uninspired, like, it's and it doesn't move the puck, and it doesn't collapse. And I'm hoping those are things Mark Savard fixes, mm-hmm. but they're not things Kevin Shattenkirk on his own, even in his prime, could fix. If it was one season of bad play and the Rangers just hit the panic button, just said, no thanks, mm-hmm. I would be willing to be like, sure. 
Yeah, we don't have any cap space. I don't think he's signing for league men, which a lot of people do. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying he's going to go make four million. I think somebody would toss one five at Kevin Shattenkirk just to see, you know. And I just it just doesn't make sense. It's a head over, like you said, it's a hard overhead move. The Rangers, who were a far worse team, scratched him last year. Yeah, that should really tell you all you need to know. Best of luck, Kevin. Yeah, I mean, I really, I don't wish him any yeah. ill. Nothing would make me happier than him going to Ottawa or whoever and just, like, tearing it up. But, like... Detroit Red Wings. Sure. New York Islanders, I don't care. You know, but doesn't make sense. Connecticut boy done proud by playing for the New York Rangers. Kevin Shattenkirk. That's a weird sentence. <laughs> Let's go ahead and talk about some of the other NHL news before we get out of here. Uh, Chicago Blackhawks traded Artem Anisimov to Ottawa for Zach Smith. Both players are signed through the 2020-21 season. I should have said 2020-2021 season. Was that better? Was that better? That's much worse. That's worse than last year's, this year's Barbershop. I do not look forward to that Uh, season. I do not either. That might be the lockout year, though, so we might be good. Thank you, NHL. (laughs) Actually, thank you. You've planned well. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I mean, that whole decade's going to be miserable when you really think about it. 2023, (laughs) 2024. 2026-2027. We're going to have a lot of those through this contract talks, too. Oh, no. Yay. Uh, Smith has an AAV of $3.25 million, while Anisimov is at $4.55 million. But I believe this was a raise-your-cap situation, as you adeptly pointed out in these notes. They needed to raise their cap and get closer to the floor. Chicago gets a little cap wiggle room. And as you said, Anisimov is the better offensive player with a career 4.49 points per game output. I mean, the Blackhawks are not going to be relevant this year, I don't think. Oh, we forgot to talk about James Neal's butt hurt. I don't care. You care oh, a little Jonathan more than Taves. I do. Oh yeah, yes, sorry, Jonathan Taves. Butt hurt. Yeah. Do you care? I mean, you care a little more than I do. I cared a little more only because his comment was essentially along the lines of like, I don't like they sucked at the beginning of the year, so like he was almost trying to invalidate a cup win because we were bad at the beginning. And Maybe I I read it more as like. I think they were a better team than they played at the beginning of the year, so it's not as good a story as people were saying. Oh, I thought it was the other way. But you might be right. That's just how I read it. They were bad at the beginning of the year, so I don't really think they're a very good team. Like, on average, they're not a good team. Uh, And I was like, all I could think was, like, how many teams in the playoffs that win the cup, I mean, the team that wins the cup every year, most of them are just get hot at the end. I mean, they might have been a good team all the way through, but, like, it's all about, like, if you're hot then... Yeah, it's not like. But if it was all about like the, the Capitals season, were not the best version of the Capitals when they won the cup. Yeah, and if like no it's way. all about the Close. season, then like just hand the cup yeah. to the fucking Lightning. Yeah, exactly. Anyways, my only thing is like we in St. Louis keep getting worked up on Twitter over oh, things Chicago yeah. athletes say, and it's like, dude, they're our rivals. They're trolling us. I was like, I'm glad You're he's feeding I'm glad him. he's butthurt. Yeah, that's great. He will get butthurt more when we beat him repeatedly this season. Um. So yeah. Anyway, moving on to the Milan Lucic for James Neal deal, the move that rocked hockey Twitter with 
mostly confusion. Yeah, I was maybe just a little bit of nausea. It was, it was <laughs> like, oh, it was like Edmonton trades Milan Lucic. I'm like, that's a good, that's a good idea. And then it was also like Calgary's trading James Neal. I was like, yeah, I mean, he had a bad season last year. Like, it's for each other. And <laughs> the you're trade like, what? is one yeah. for one. It's like, no, <laughs> no, these both need to be opposite ends of different trades. Well, the other option was Lucic for Louis Erickson. Oh, God. That's, <laughs> <laughs> that's so weird. Like, what is that? British Columbia, Alberta. Uh-huh. That's yeah, like a weird triangle. triangle of like just crap. Shame and regret. Old, overpaid yeah, They should have done a three-way trade. Oh, yeah. I'm just shaking it up. But somebody would have had to land with Louis Erickson. But I think he's on the best contract of the three. Anyway, Lucic <laughs> scored six goals in 79 games with Edmonton last year while making $6 million a season for the next five seasons at the time. So he will... You know, be paid six million dollars in 2019, 2020, and 2020, 2021. I'm just 2020, 2020. And James Neal scored seven goals in 63 games with the Calgary Flames last year in the first year of his five year, five point seven five million dollar contract that he signed as a free agent. And Agentson. But Edmonton retained three quarters of a million dollar on Lucic's contract. So Calgary has a $5.25 million cap hit on uh, Lucic, while Edmonton has a $6.5 million cap hit on James Neal. You think Calgary wins the trade because they free up $500,000 in cap mm-hmm. space to sign RFAs, including uh, Matthew Kachuk. I. You also add, though, and this is what I agree with, mm-hmm. that Edmonton gets the player with better bounce pack potential. Milan Lucic is done. No, he's, There's no he's more toast. Milan Lucic. I think James Neal is probably done. Mm. But does James Neal have a better chance of scoring 15? You throw him on a line with Conor McDavid, mm. maybe 20? Sure. Last year was his first year in his entire career where he didn't score at least 20 goals. Yeah. So while he might be on the... He's obviously on the back end of his career... I just think he has way that more offensive potential. That seemed like an potential. ill-advised contract when Calgary gave it. Oh, yeah, We yeah, were yeah. all kind of like, mm, I don't know, but like we didn't expect it to be immediate. Yeah, and, it seemed like the last two or three years were going to be the problem, not the immediate first year. Yeah, and I mean, it's a change of scenery. It's a high-value change of scenery. Is Calgary, are, are the cities of Calgary and Edmonton really that different? No. I guess not. You're no, right. I no, but, I know what you mean. Yeah. Like on the, on the ice, <laughs> the new coach, you know, and that sort of thing. I don't even know who either Bill Peters and the other one. Uh, who is that? The Ralph Kruger. No, Ralph Kruger's the Buffalo one. Rick Tockett, right? Or no, Dave Tippett, whichever Dave Tippett, one. Dave Tippett. Rick Tockett's down in Arizona because yeah. he's got a tame Phil Kessel. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Uh, yeah. So I mean, are either of them going to be impact players again? I don't think so. Does James Neal have a better chance of becoming one playing alongside Connor McDavid? Yes. 100%. Should you be paying him $6.5 million to take that chance? No. <laughs> Should we stop talking about this trade? Yes. Uh, so let's talk about another player whose career oh, is over. David Clarkson <laughs> is traded Bring back to Toronto. <laughs> So, yes, the long-since-deceased 
David Clarkson returns to Toronto where he was formerly deceased. This is the second time Toronto has traded for David Clarkson, knowing full well that he would never play for them, right? Mm-hmm. Or no, 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 no. no. He, he got, played for them, and then hurt. they traded him to Nathan Horton. It's the third time, though, that David Clarkson has been traded for by some team that knew full well that he'd never play for them. Yeah. I hope he gets, like, jerseys from each of these teams and, like, some equipment, you know, like a, you're, hey. You're face lit up well, when you figure that out. Welcome that to the Ben Wasn't. Yeah. Like, oh, actually. Um, but the, yeah, welcome to the Vegas Golden Knights, David. You're our first player. Also, you'll never play for us. Get out. Um, I don't even, we don't even have the time to go into the weird salary cap invocations of this. It I helps think, them, I think. I think it gives them more room to sign Mitch Marner if he holds out into the regular season, which he will do. <laughs> so a good Kyle good job, Dubas Toronto. is a disaster as a general manager. And we're going to all know that in a couple of years, but I'm just telling you now. Honest question, kind of like the Paul Fenton thing. Like, I... He's not doing a good job, but do you think this is just a really hard situation to be in? Yes. Like, just except, being Toronto's GM? Yes. I mean... Full stop, 100%. I guess, yeah. But I just mean, with these, like, big ticket... As Toronto's RFAs, GM, he decided to go sign John Tavares, mm-hmm. which created this entire problem. True. And as much as Steve Dangle wants to rant and rave and say, how dare you say he's the problem? He is the problem. He might be a problem... That's worth it, you know? Like, you know, whatever. A certain government program might be worth the money, but it's still expensive. That sort of a thing. But, like, he's the problem because you paid him, what is it, like 11 and a half, 10 and a half, 10 and a half million dollars? And if you had that money, you wouldn't have these problems signing these free agents. And then on top of that, Dubas walked out. The first thing he said after signing John Tavares was, we can and we will sign these three other guys. And that was was not not smart. Um, But yeah, I mean, Clarkson's there. I think it gives them more free flexibility to sign Marner after the season starts. Uh, Garrett Sparks goes back to the Vegas Golden Knights to be the backup to Malcolm Subban or to not be the backup to Malcolm Subban and be the backup to Vegas Andre Fleury. <laughs> Vegas Andre Fleury, you know. Mark Andre Fleury or whatever. Mark Andre Fleury, that's what it is. But he should have a little cat friend named Mark Andre Fleury. Mark <laughs> Andre Fleury and Mark Andre Fleury. Yes, and then they have a buddy cop movie, and that's all I've ever needed in life. Um, Nick, Nikita Gusev traded to my new number two team, the New Jersey Devils. If all y'all going to choose the Vegas Golden Knights to be your number two team, the New Jersey Devils are temporarily my number two team until they piss me off in some new way. <laughs> you know what? And we share, we share Hall of Famer, Hall of Fame goalie, uh, Marty Broder. That's right. That's right. It's the Marty Broder pipeline. 50-50 split. <laughs> You've got a statue, we've got a couch cushion that still has his indentation yeah. in it. Same thing. He's got like three wins. You've on got his our name record. on three Stanley Cups. We've got a Stanley Cup, yeah. finally. He <laughs> so played for our team and we have a Stanley Cup, so 
There you go. Uh, <laughs> the New Jersey Devils made the bold move of acquiring Nikita Gusev. Do you remember the cost for this? I think it's the second and a third. Yeah. Uh, like a third this years. year and a second next following mm-hmm. year. So that's fine. 2020. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, the 2020-2021 season. Uh, Nikita Gusev is the reigning KHL MVP. He had 82 points, 17 goals, and 65 assists last season Ooh. in 62 games, and then had 62 points in 54 games the season before that. He is signed to a two-year, $4.5 million contract. I desperately wanted the Blues to sign this, find a way to get this guy, knowing full well that it would never happen. Mm-hmm. Um I mean, it's a slam dunk. I don't. There's always the fear when they're coming over from the KHL, but this dude is 27 and has been dominant in the KHL. So what if he comes over and he's Artemi Panarin? The Devils have won the off season in every bit as much of a way as the Blues did last year. Mm-hmm. Ray Shiar went out and got PK Subban. He got. Didn't he get somebody else by trade that same time? I can't remember. I know they signed Wayne Simmons. They got Hughes, obviously. Mm -hmm. They signed Wayne Simmons. And then they get this guy. They still don't have a goalie, so that's probably a problem. Uh, (laughs) Mackenzie Blackwood. I was going to say, God bless Mackenzie Blackwood. Don't you fuck this up for me, (laughs) Mackenzie. Don't you do it. I got GM of the year in the bag, except apparently you don't, because winning the offseason doesn't count for that. Who won this year? The uh, Bruce Cassidy is that uh, his name? No, that's the coach. Whoever their guy yeah. is, the guy that's not Sweeney. Thank you, mm-hmm. um, Sweeney Todd, the Demon Barcher. Bar- Barcher. All right, just moving on. Uh, yeah, I mean that, this is a great, great addition by New Jersey. I think. Any mm-hmm. thoughts? Yeah, I mean four point five million is I think is a worthy risk for a guy that's shown that in the second best league in the world that. He's a dominant player. Yeah. I think that's easy easy money, easy bet to make. Yeah. Worst case, I mean, they've got a lot of cap flexibility. So yeah, that's what I mean. Sucks, it's just like, all right, fine. It's like a short-term buyout for anybody else. Ryan Callahan got traded to Ottawa in another salary dump to get them over the floor. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Ottawa neck and neck, <laughs> neck and neck with Minnesota in the midst of I, lo- I love... Off seasons where it's like, I mean, everyone's moving shit around. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, how can I get better? How can I get better? And I was playing, like, how we're playing chess, and then other people are playing 3D chess. <laughs> and I was just playing checkers. It's playing tic tac toe. Yeah, they're like, man, I just want Connect that. four. I just want that participation trophy. Shit. Uh,. Yeah, I mean, you ask, why do teams need to bend over backwards to help these teams in their division who could be in a cap crunch? The answer is because Ottawa's also in a cap crunch, just the opposite (laughs) cap crunch. They want as much pretend money and as little real money as they can possibly get. I think they have a payroll of like $42 million and Mm -hmm. a cap hit of like $65 million now. Fucking, it's just Gary Bettman, like, rein in this shit, man. (laughs) I don't like the soft cap arguments, but this shit's gotta stop. Eugene Melnick can't stop spending fake money. Yeah, he loves it. (laughs) He is the best Monopoly player you've ever seen. And the best thing is, when you have a Boardwalk Avenue, 
you can move a Boardwalk Avenue, <laughs> but you wouldn't want to. But you might, and if you did, the Boardwalk Avenue people couldn't be mad at you because it's your bird Boardwalk Avenue. I'm out to the Boardwalk Avenue. They got a miniature stroke right there. Your words. Uh, not let's mine. let's talk about some contract extensions and then extend our legs and walk right out of this room. Andre Vasilevsky uh, was signed by the Tampa Bay Lightning to an eight-year, $9.5 million per season extension that includes a full no-movement clause for years two through five, not year one. That's what Get I read. I got a town, Andre. And a modified NTC in the final three years, <laughs> he will be a free agent in the 2026-2027 yeah, season, I believe. You just, I, or maybe you the 2027-2028 season. What I... The funny thing about Andre Vasilevsky in this deal is that 9.5 is just half a million under Bobrovsky, Bobrovsky yeah. in Florida. And I just felt like they were like, look, dude, we're going to pay you so much money, but we cannot pay you. It's Bobrovsky money. It was pretty much the flip-flop of Jordan Bennington. We're like, we, we want to pay you a lot, and we understand we have to pay you just slightly above Jake Allen at very least. And this one was like, we want to pay you a lot, but you have to understand we got to pay you just slightly <laughs> under Andre Bobrovsky. Sergey Bobrovsky. Are all Russian goaltenders the Andre. same to you? Yeah, this is—they're uh, all—they're all the you same. Might as well call him Nikita. Might as well call him Comrade. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is what—it's the same contract basically as as Kucherov got too. I—I I mean, I—they can't. Like a lot. They got to win this year. They got to win this year because even with, that's why he doesn't have a no move clause yeah, probably this year. Like, like, oh, oh, oh we fucked. Get out of um, Because even with the know. even with all the wizardry they're done, it they've got to hit it eventually. Mm-hmm. They gotta like the how. <laughs> I don't under. I already don't understand how how they did but that. But they're adding his nine point five million and Braden points presumably. Like, even if Braden Point gets stolen, he's making seven, right? Mm-hmm. And oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah like, yeah, even yeah, if yeah. they do the, like, what? You know, the one, the, like, Kevin LeBanc, where you're like, are you fucking serious? Like, even that's got to be six, five, or seven, right? If they sign Braden Point for something, like, extremely reasonable, which they will. It's going to be gonna some, gonna like, it's going to, like, walk him up to free agency, but it's going to be, like, $5 million a year, and I'm just like, I fucking hate you guys. Um, Colton Sissons, you ready to move on, or do you have something? No, continue like on. You were I was, something I was looking at the, uh, the Lightning's cap friendly. Mm-hmm. Somehow they have projected cap space of $11 million. Of course they do, because they got rid of Ryan Callahan. And this contract doesn't kick in until the year after next year. Oh, okay. But, well, they um, got some cleaning up to do after <laughs> next year. You're right. They got to win this. Um, yeah, I don't. Like, what's their projected cap space for next year? Uh, tell me things. I don't know. I'll let you know. <laughs> okay. in one moment. Are you on cap friendly? Yeah. Should be right there. You idiot. No. Colton Sissons got a seven year, $2.86 million contract to further the myth. That somehow David Poyle is a good GM. Thoughts on the Colton Sissons contract? I have zero. I'm still stuck on this lightning deal. It says they have sixty-seven million towards uh, the cap. Towards the cap. the cap, yeah. 
That's pretty bad. And right now they have 70. Oh, it doesn't tell you cap space because they don't know. Projected, projected cap, cap space yeah. is 14 million. Mm-hmm. So even if they get Braden Point, who else is leaving? Sorelli, Matthew, and Martell, and they oh Sergachev gets a big ticket next year. And Damn. Yeah, they're screwed. Anyway, um, remember when they had to trade Tyler Johnson? Remember when that was like okay, where's he moving to? Yeah, because they can't keep him, but he's still there. Still there, and they can still have to trade Tyler Johnson in the future. Uh, yeah, this Colton Sisson contract, like what? Huh? What? Also, I love that on top of being seven years, it's two point eight six million per season. Apparently, because it's got to be weird in every way. Oh yeah, if you look at the cap friendly, it's like longer. Do you it's think way longer than that? Two point eight five one seven two. Oh, okay. Like, it's like okay. Do you think he was like okay, but it can't be two point five per season, David? I've, I'm I'm worth more than that, and he's like, but I'm giving you seven years. I'm asking for a hundred thousand per season. You're getting all the security in the world, and it's like I'm Colton Sissons. Do you know who I, I am? I can walk to any team in this league and make seven by two point five one six eight three two eight three four one. Anywhere. Any team. <laughs> Do you understand yeah. my value, this, David? This is like the Victor Arvidsson contract, except with an even more relevant player. Who cares? Jacob Truba got paid way too much money. Seven years, $8 million per season. Imagine being the team that is about to buy out Kevin Shattenkirk and also thinking Jacob Truba is a centerpiece defenseman. The analytics guys love this guy. Mm-hmm. I don't see it. Usually I am like right on with the analytics Do guy. Do they really? Yeah. I don't know that they even love him, love him, though. They're just like, oh, he's a good producer. And I'm like, he's not a defender. But remember, he's Alex Petrangelo slash Seth Jones. Yes, because he's the guy that mm-hmm. whatever got David, what's his name? John. John Davidson. Davidson. <laughs> Thank you. David uh, Johnson. <laughs> it's close enough. Um, yeah, I mean, this is a huge overpay, right? Yeah. Feels like one. Uh, not off to a good start. Is that your number one overall guy up. now? Yeah, that's your. You can't pay another guy more than that. Yeah, I don't know. Wrong. I got that's the first. That's the first word that <laughs> I think of. Wrong. Wrong. Um, our friend Jumper Tomper or Jimothy Timothy J T Comper. Thank you for including You're that welcome. for me. Um, got a four-year, three-point-five million dollars contract, very similar to the contract Alex Kerfoot got with the. Toronto Maple Leafs, I guess the Avalanche chose between their two people and chose this guy. Mm-hmm. Um, fine. Samuel Gerard got a perplexing seven-year, $5 million per season contract for a small offensive defenseman who has yet to pr- produce offensively. There's a world in which this looks like a steal. There's a world in which it's very bad. <laughs> he's pretty young. He's like 21 Yeah, I mean, he's, he should be very good. So it's one of those things where I think they're betting on, like, look, we're going to pay you this money now because you should be very good, and by the time you're done with this, you should be this should be a, a steal uh-huh. for us. But like you said, uh, he should be better. He should be getting better. We just haven't really But he's also, like, it. blocked by Makar and Bauer and Byram already, so I don't mm-hmm. tell... It's very confusing to me. It could be great. I mean, it could be a steal. It just seems like too high of a risk to take on... 
a one or two million dollar steal per season. I guess the one thing you that's good about this is like this should take them to you. I mean, yeah. at seven years in the league, at very yeah. least. So. Yeah, I guess the one thing is you don't have to worry about him being an RFA. You're like, oh, these big yeah. ticket RFAs always running me under for this money. And it's like, well, that's true. We'll just be a UFA. But one less thing to think about over the course of seven years, I guess. David Riddich is making two five point five per per. I thought. I thought it was wrong. or is it five point five total? total? Oh, then it's probably that. Let me check. I'm I'm not be. trying to like. But yeah, when you said, does that make sense that he's making more than Jordan Bennington? I thought, no, it doesn't. Okay, well, I'm glad. This is one of those things <laughs> where, how do I relay this over a podcast, clearly, where someone says something, uh-huh. you say something, I go, what? Yeah, it's 5.5 total. Okay, yeah. I go, what? And then you say the thing again, and I go, oh, I thought you said something different. Uh-huh. And you're like, oh, I did. And you're like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, that's a fine contract. Okay, that's, 2. My, 7 that's much per. better. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, holy shit, I'm uh, like, what'd he do for you? <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. The league is weird. The league is strange. Kevin Shattenkirk's a free agent. We got weeks ahead of us, two weeks, two months basically, till the regular season starts. And it ramps up. Quick. I mean, August Friggin takes a little time. Traverse but... City is in a month, just mm-hmm. over a month. It's exciting, folks. It's exciting time to be a Blues fan because we're Stanley Cup champs, defending champs. I don't. We were we were trying to think of something to fill time with this episode. We're not gonna. <laughs> we'll give you. A, I, I predict next week will be long and ridiculous, and so all the weeks after that. But until then, I guess we will just say. I don't know. What do we? How do you say goodbye? Goodbye. I do. <laughs>